Welcome back to the Checkpoint Reach podcast. This is a gaming and occasional movie news podcast. I'm your host, Luke Eldon, and as ever, I'm joined by my fellow gamers and friends, Sud, Perks, and Matty. How are you doing, guys? Good, yeah, very good. It's been a cold day, but, you know, we're here for the podcast, so things will start warming up now, I'm sure. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. We're always dedicated, no matter the weather. How, um, exactly. How are the other two doing? Um, sufficiently warm, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I'm glad you're warm, Matt. Yeah, I'm ready to go at room temperature. <laughs> the best temp. Well, <clears throat> we'll get started. Sorry about that. We'll get started with our first topic of the day, which we, you know, we heard this news last week and thought it was the biggest gaming news of the week, which is Bungie have split from Activision. Uh, this means that going forward, Bungie will assume full publishing rights and responsibilities for the Destiny franchise. Um, they, they've mutually cancelled their 10-year contract after completing around six years of it, we believe, starting in 2012. Just really, yeah, it was quite surprising news, I guess, uh, just over halfway through the cycle of the contract. And I wanted to get your guys' opinions on it, and we'll start with Perks, our, our uh, Destiny expert in the group anyway. Yeah, sure. So I think, like you said there already, the news was quite surprising. I think that pretty much relates to the sense that it's come around just over halfway through the, the contract that we understand it as, and sort of almost halfway through Destiny 2. But I think uh, reading between the lines, the writing probably has been on the wall for some time now with the fact that Activision and, and Bungie seem to have been on uh, different planes when it comes to where Destiny is and not just sort of currently, but with the future of the franchise as well, whereas, um, sorry, not whereas, but where Bungie think they're delivering a, a sort of better version of Destiny than they ever have, Activision don't particularly agree with that. And if you sort of look at their most recent financial call, they make it quite clear that Destiny 2 sales and Forsaken in particular just didn't hit their expectations. They didn't make enough money, despite Bungie thinking it was really good content. So... I think between the two of them, they're just sort of looking in different directions, and it's it, it's been there for some time now. You wonder how long it's been sort of simmering under the surface that a, a split would have been on the cards. That being said, you probably thought that they'd get through to the end of the, the contract, but that hasn't materialized, and I guess that's where the surprise comes in. Yeah, that's true. I mean, as you touched on, it, that does... Well, there has been a lot of uh, mixed mixed signals, really, hasn't there? Activision haven't really been happy, whereas Bungie seem to be happy from from the uh, signals that comes out of their camp, anyway. Do you think that's the main reason for the split? It does seem that way. Activision, as the um, as the publisher, would always be looking at more of a financial side of things rather than the the gameplay and the development side of things, which would obviously fall on Bungie's head. So. Mm-hmm. I guess, look, if you've got the developer really happy with the way things are going and then the the publisher kind of having other ideas as to where the franchise should be going, eventually you're going to come to a head with that and something has to happen. 
Yeah, definitely. Something has to give in that situation. Uh, I want to bring in Sud and Matty then and get their opinions on it. Uh, what, what do you guys think about the news? Well, when I first saw the news, I was pretty surprised. I, I was scrolling through Twitter, you know, as you do, and uh, I saw um, you know the tweet from Activision just saying, well, I, th- I saw the headline, uh, thank you, Guardians, and at first I thought, <laughs> it's cancelled or something. You know, I thought it was... <laughs> and then that really would have been uh, massive news for the podcast, but... Um, you could probably could get dedicated a whole show just to that, to be honest, if it you was could. that. But well, Perks um, would have been able to attend. Well, yeah, he would have been funeral. at the <laughs> Destiny. But rest in peace, um, Guardian. Condolences, but uh, yeah, I think uh, I, I'm still surprised. Obviously, at the split. It's uh, the deal's pretty much six years in, isn't it? Out of ten, so it would mm-hmm. run till 2022. Um, so that pretty much gives it maybe three and a half years left. I mean, it's a strange one. Um, I do wonder, yeah, you, it's, you wonder, don't you, which side is more to blame? But uh, it's surprising on that division's behalf that they haven't just carried on with it because it's not, you know, I know these companies are all about the bottom line and stuff like that, but it's not as if Activision are this poor company that, you know, that they're flush with cash and stuff, so it's a bit of a surprise. Um, but obviously, they must have seen something they weren't happy with at Bungie or, you know, maybe, the, you know, the development of it, obviously, something's maybe gone wrong there spiraling costs um not happy with what they're getting in return for those costs yeah so yeah it seems a strange one to me but uh i feel like to see you know i feel like both sides would blame each other as well yeah well i was just thinking we'll probably find out in the next few weeks this you know usually developers go to reddit or wherever it is and vent the frustrations don't they or they'll say something or someone will say something yeah and it'll leak out and we'll probably find the real reason but uh yeah, I was surprised, and uh, it'd be interesting to see, you know, what happens now with Bungie with the development of the game, and it'd be interesting to see what Activision does as well. Definitely will be. Um, what What are your thoughts on this, Matt? Well, honestly, I think this game's destiny, the series' is destiny from day one, was to end up in the recycling bin, and this is just um, one step closer to that, to be honest with you. Um... Not, not a fan, though. <laughs> Don't pull any punches there. Oh, no, no. <laughs> Bungie. I'm not surprised that Bungie have bought the publishing rights from Activision. They shouldn't. They shouldn't bother to buy the IP because it's been on a downward trend since day one. Like, um, obviously, Destiny was released at the beginning of the console generation, so there was less audience to sell it to, and that game sold better than Destiny Two. And I feel like any potential Destiny Three would have sold worse than Destiny 2 as well. Like, it's a continual downward spiral. So they should have seen this coming. Um, Obviously, um, Bungie, sorry, are are hoping that another publisher is going to pick this up because I don't think they've got the financial clout to market this game themselves. You know, it doesn't strike me that they've got a a lot of cash reserves. So, obviously, I don't know exactly how much money they've got, but they'd be eating into a massive chunk of it. It'd be a big risk to... um, to go off on their own and try and sort of publish this on their own because well, they've never done that before. Just jumping in quickly, Matt, I've got um, a few figures from the contract apparently that they, well, apparent figures anyway, rumour figures. At most, I think they could have earned $400 million uh, over the, the lifetime of the contract with bonuses thrown in and stuff like that. Um, but they were guaranteed at least $2.5 million per year. So, I mean, what? Times that by six, that's how much they've made so far. Yeah, it's nowhere near enough to, to market a game, to put to publish or market a game. Especially so. a triple A. 
yeah, it is a big AAA title. But yeah, as like I said, the writing's been on the wall for a long time, if you ask me, because obviously there's a, there's a hardcore sect of fans, which we've discussed, Perks being one of them, that really likes this game. But it just hasn't improved enough to warrant continual sort of funds going into it. And it, it hasn't evolved in gameplay-wise, and it hasn't evolved sales-wise either. So it's a no-brainer for me. to From an executive standpoint, if I was an Activision executive, I'd probably be doing the same thing, to be honest with you, because it looks like it's going nowhere. Mm-hmm. Well, picking up again on that, with the Destiny 1 sales, um, it was believed that it made around $325 million, uh, over its lifetime. And then Destiny 2 sales have rumoured to be 50% less with physical sales. Obviously, that doesn't take into account digital sales, but we doubt that it makes up the the gap left from the fifty uh, percent less physical sales. No, definitely not. I think there's obviously you know it'd make up a few, maybe ten, fifteen, twenty percent at most, but you know there's still going to be a deficit there. Um, it's interesting. I, I don't know if any of you three saw this, but I did see one interesting point about you know we're talking about what are Bungie going to do next in terms of marketing and things like that. Um, I don't know if I don't know if you might have seen it, Matt. Phil Spencer has been very cosy on Twitter with Bungie. Uh, you know, he kept replying to their tweets, saying about them being independent now and stuff. I do wonder whether, you know, you never know. Maybe who who says that Microsoft won't, you know, put their money behind? It Destiny wouldn't shock 3. me if they picked them up, but I think it'd be a bad move to be honest with you. Hmm. Didn't we talk be about a good this move a couple of weeks ago? But... Actually, we speculated that Bungie and Microsoft could possibly link back up in the future yeah yeah definitely and uh i think it would be you know you might be right matt about maybe financially it might not make great sense but microsoft at the minute i don't i think finance financials aren't really there that's not what i get they, you know they're going for more pr at the minute aren't they because they need to improve their image especially with hardcore gamers so i do wonder whether it could be a good pr move to say well look you know um activision have gone and we can step in and help you know, fund Destiny 3 and they'd obviously get some sort of good marketing deal for that and maybe the exclusive content. Um, it might be a good move. Who knows? So mm. do we do we think this is a fail then? I, I, from Activision, they're obviously going to be disappointed. And are we assuming then that this Not is Destiny a fail? as a whole. Yeah, well, Destiny, the whole contract, everything that came with it. Or Activision yeah, see Activision will see it as a massive failure. Absolute massive failure. They pumped a lot of money into it and they put a lot of faith in the developer and it's nowhere near delivered the amount of uh, sales that they'd probably expect. So it's one of the... Yeah, I I think I actually referenced it a few weeks back. I think Activision's, well, vision, for lack of a better term, for Destiny was for it to be what Fortnite is now and for what Battle Royale games are now. They thought in this period of time between sort of then when they first entered into this and to now... They thought that shared world shooters and, and MMORPGs, whatever you'd want to call them, they would be what leads the way in gaming right now. So they would be expecting to be sort of world domination in terms of their product and all the product that they support anyway. And it just hasn't worked that way. So they would definitely see it as the fail. Yeah, I mean, I think I said a couple of weeks ago, maybe two or three weeks ago, that I, you know, I didn't want to write it off as a complete fail. But having seen this news with Activision, I mean, it's hard to say it hasn't failed because if it was successful, they wouldn't be ending the contract, would they? So, mm. I think it depends. Anyway, on, just on successful. just on that point, yeah. not to sort of cut you off, but 
it's if they have different interpretations of what success and what failure well, yeah, is. You know, yeah. Bungie are thinking that they're succeeding from a development and a gameplay yeah. perspective, and Activision are thinking, "Well, I don't care about that." They're thinking, from a financial aspect, we're failing. So mm. it, it's a bit of a blurred line, I think, between why it should be considered a failure. But I mean, look, the bottom line is that regardless of whether it's a massive failure or a small one it hasn't worked as they expected it to. So that suggests it uh, hasn't quite gone the way that anyone expected. Yeah, that's a good point. And uh, just, just going back to Activision for a second, I'd, I, just one point I'd like to say is, well, a question for you three, really. What, what, what do we think that Activision are going to do now in terms of, because they'll obviously have a surplus now of uh, funds to be able to fund something else, you would imagine. Now, they are they going to pump it into COD? Are they going to fund another studio with something new? What do we think they're going to do? I'm not really sure because obviously the past few weeks have just been, well, the past few months from Activision has mainly been negativity, hasn't it? They're disappointed with Destiny. Yeah. They're dis- disappointed with the COD sales. Everything at disappointed the with COD sales, negative. but uh, you've got to take that into context, haven't you? I mean, that game still sells ridiculous amounts. I mean, I know, it, I think the sales are down from. Uh, from the last game, World War Two, but they're still ridiculous sales, you know. That game will still sell 20, 30 million a year. So, I do want, you know, I don't think they'll say it's a total failure call, uh, this year's Call of Duty, but uh, I just wonder whether they'll pump more money into COD. Well, you know, will they fund something new? It's interesting to see what happens there, because you'd imagine they'll do something well, I'm not with that sure access. With all, like, the, what, they be- what they believe or perceive to be negative. I'm not sure if this will make them play safe and maybe yeah, look to pump money into a trusted product a product like cod usually uh, with the past few years or, or or be a bit more risky and like you said you know go for something completely new well i'm, tr- I'm just trying to think if they'd maybe go for something that's up and coming you know some developer that they see as up and coming mm-hmm. um i don't know though we'll have to see but it's an interesting yeah. one what do you think perks yeah, I'm not sure how they'll come at it, and I think it's important to remember that when they sort of back Destiny, I know Bungie weren't an up-and-coming developer, they already had Halo behind them, but Destiny was nothing, right? Destiny was a new IP, so they backed that quite extensively with the 500 million tenure deal. So they've already done that, and I think if you look back to the the sort of financial call that we talked about before, was there was, I don't think there's any definitive quotes on this sort of to to back this up but there was definitely whispers from activision and certain parts of that sort of financial um call that they had was that they wanted to compete with fortnite that that was because fortnite's the biggest Mm -hmm. and they want to be a part of that so whatever they do next would probably suggest that they're trying to reach those heights and they're trying to sort of I don't know, back a project that I wouldn't say beats Fortnite because I don't think anything would be capable in the even in the near or you know midterm future. Yeah. But whatever they do next, I mean, if that was their heights and if they're breaking from Destiny and they're breaking from Bungie because it's not hitting the the right financial figures, why would they look to back something that's basically a shot in the dark? I would expect them to go hard on whatever they do next. Yeah. So do you think they'll just put more money behind? Call of Duty then, pretty much, because with Blackout and, you know, maybe the next... Well, you'd imagine from now on, Call of Duty is going to have Blackout in some form from now on. 
Yeah, I can't see a new. Uh, you know, I can't see Call of Duty coming out now without Blackout or some form of it. So, are they just going to put money behind that and make it more Fortnite-ish? Or I, I mean, it's frustrating to say because we're not. As much as we're enjoying Blackout, I think we're all a little bit sort of disenchanted with Battle Royale in general terms. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, who knows? In a year's time, is it still going to be what it is now? Uh, it, it's obviously up to them to sort of try and predict that and, and get behind what, whichever market they think is going to be big in a year to two years' time. So the, yeah. it's, there's no crystal ball with it, but right now, obviously, that's what's, I did, that's um, what's selling. I did read uh, yesterday, actually, that apparently the the genre of Battle Royale is on on the decline in terms of the Wouldn't numbers of players, me. people dropping off. But at the same time, because it's been so big, it's, yeah, it's hard it, to Yeah, it's hard it's to relative. judge, really, because it's still massive. So it's yeah. still got legs in it. Well, it's not going to last forever, is it? Nothing lasts forever. No. Especially in gaming. You know, these trends come and go. I mean, it used to, you know, at one point it was multiplayer when that first came out, wasn't it, with Xbox Live, with the original Xbox. That was massive. It took off. Mm-hmm. I know multiplayer is still big now, but and then it was like the co-op shooter, the sort of two-player co-op shooter, and then it was the four-player co-op shooter that was big, and you know, and then it was MMOs, and now it's battle royale. Something else will overtake it, you know, yeah. at some point. Yeah. So it's not any particular genre; it's just what innovates in a clever way and sort of True. taps into what people didn't know they want, but all of a sudden now want it. Yeah. Which is a hard thing to do because obviously you don't know what the next trends are going to be, and when there is a new trend, obviously everyone copies it. Everyone's seen the battle royale trend. Everyone's trying to copy it. You got COD battle royale. You got Battlefield battle royale. Hmm. You know you get FIFA battle royale in the way it's going. <laughs> yeah. That'd yeah. make the game better. That would be interesting. <laughs> yeah, that would be good. <laughs> you know, what I mean, you just. You're trying to like dribble around with Messi with like thousands of like angry fans trying to like two foot you or something. Yeah. Build a yeah. fence in front of the goal, <laughs> and it becomes yeah. comical. But but that that's the trend. People see battle royale. They see that's where the money is, and that's that's where they direct their sort of efforts towards. So obviously, it's hard to know what the next trend is going to be in gaming. But um, it's nice to see innovation. It's nice to see games in general as a whole mm-hmm. being so successful and obviously the more success you have in the industry the more likely you're going to get developers taking risks so true what what are your thoughts marty on activision's next play uh play then do you think they'll play it safe With destiny or... or just in general no activision in general after this uh, do you think their next you know massive project is it going to be more safe like Sud was referring to putting money into cod or do you think they're going to go for something fresh and a bit more risky I mean, it'd be nice to see them put money into a new IP. Um, they weren't scared of putting into, like like you've already discussed, they weren't scared of putting in that money to Destiny. They just obviously didn't get the returns, and that's that's something that you risk when you pump a lot of money into a new IP. It's not always guaranteed to succeed. It is obviously a very risky venture. Mm-hmm. So hopefully, you know, for the sake of the industry and just innovation in general, they fund the new IP, but I think they might just play it safe and sort of analyze what the trends are for a few years. Yeah, I think COD is is a, is a weird one because I think when Black Ops Four first came out, I don't think originally they would have been happy with the sales, but it seems to be continually selling. Um, that that's kind of what you get with these um, with these battle royale games. They they carry on selling for a longer period of time than what certain developers are used to. Yeah, no, definitely. Um, picking up on one point though, 
from my opinion with Activision and Bungie, I know it's a new IP and I know it is a bit risky, but don't you think as well there's a bit of safety to it because of Bungie's name? There's so many Halo fans and they see Bungie's making a new IP, they're going to try it. So yeah, definitely. if you manage to hit gold with that or strike gold with that, with that initial swarm of players coming in, then you've got a massive market to play with. Yeah, and I think what they tried to do, especially with the original Destiny, was uh, um, because they knew that Bungie fans, you know, Xbox Bungie fans, were going to buy a Bungie product regardless. So they probably thought, well, we've got, you know, the Xbox side unlocked, they'll buy Destiny, whatever. But I think the one thing they had to do was try and get Sony fans to get behind Bungie and the name. So I think that's, you know, why they went with the marketing on PlayStation 4, especially, well, PlayStation 4 as well, obviously, um, it had a good first year and things like that, so it made it easier, really to do that but um i think that's why they went for the market on ps4 and you can say it worked because it had strong ps4 sales but also destiny sold well on xbox as well so yeah i mean that's i think that's what they tried to do and that's you know that that was their fallback wasn't it they knew bungie was a big developer especially for xbox and they knew they had the xbox side on lock it was just about getting the sony fans on board i think yeah uh, yeah, that's a good point. I also feel like some Sony fans, if they hadn't played Halo, but they've heard all these good things about it, would be surely intrigued to try a bunch yeah. of product as a result. Oh yeah, that's it. That's it. You know, and the fact that they see that oh, we're getting this these skins first, or mm. this we're getting this exclusive raid or whatever it was, or exclusive strike or whatever. I don't think there was actually exclusive raid. I think it was exclusive strikes, but. Um, yeah, I mean that's obviously an incentive, isn't it, to get the game on PlayStation? So. Yeah, it really is. Um, I guess then the last point on this topic would be what do we see for the future of Destiny with Destiny 3 and obviously Bungie taking, assuming full responsibility for it? Do you think death. it's going to be a f- death? <laughs> it, it's, I mean, it's a throwaway comment, but it, it shouldn't be ruled out completely. I think I want to come at it from the angle of the future of Bungie and kind of destiny just to begin with but also going forward i mean bungie since they've entered into this agreement with activision and i'll come at it from the angle of the community no one likes activision who plays who plays destiny right bungie is is you know god and and activision is the devil and everything that goes wrong with the franchise is activision's fault Mm yeah and bungie have always had that shield for some reason and and it's strange right because bungie have made loads of bad development decisions and loads of bad financial decisions within the game that Activision have always had to not take the fall for, but they're the ones that are always getting hit by the shells for it. And it's it's things like the Eververse, which, you know, for those that don't know, that's the sort of microtransaction side to Destiny where you can buy where weapon skins and emotes and, you know, just general things like the that. usual you... garbage you can buy on most yeah. games these days. <laughs> and that was not Activision's idea. That was Bungie's idea. So mm-hmm. it's it's a little bit... <laughs> strange for Bungie now in the sense that everybody from the community is thinking Bungie are free, they're going to start delivering this, that and the other but now they don't have a fallback, now they don't have a shield, they don't have anyone to say oh yeah but this is Activision's fault mm-hmm. I mean maybe for the next sort of 12 months or so they can still use that excuse because obviously you know, things aren't developed the day before they come out things have already been in place so they probably have another year or so left of of using oh you know the the Activision shield to deflect, but going forward, I mean, Activision's sort of annual sort of pressures, I guess, if you like, you know, Destiny's always had to release DLC packs that were 
uh, Bungie have always had to release DLC packs for Destiny that have been substandard, and then they get to release their yearly big one, which is really, really good, but everything around that has been crap. And it's always been, well, it's Activision. They're putting too much pressure on us to churn out the content. Mm -hmm. So now that that's gone... Do they just deliver? They're a bit more vulnerable even... now, aren't they? Yeah, because what what I think is going to happen, and obviously I could be wrong with this, I think you'll start to see the smaller DLC packs just disappear. So whilst people don't like them anyway, at least they kind of exist, and people are like, oh well, you know, it's it's new content, it's something different for the time being until we hit the major one, which is typically a September release for them. I think that will probably go now because Bungie don't have that pressure to deliver what Activision want. This is what you have to do on a yearly basis. This is the annual schedule. Do they have the resources to do that? Going on their own? Well, financially... I, I just... Go ahead, yeah, go ahead. I was just going to cut in here, because this is actually... the Well, about the finances that I was going to cut in on. I think, I, I, you know, you were saying about is Destiny sort of doomed, I suppose, or what's the future of Destiny? I just, I do... Especially with the timing of the split, I I feel I feel like maybe they've got something up the sleeve with someone else. I, I I do. I think maybe maybe you know maybe it's early stage talks or something like that. But it wouldn't shock me if they've already got some sort of deal. Maybe not in place, but early talks of maybe they're talking with Microsoft. Maybe they're talking with Sony. Maybe it's another you know someone else. But mm -hmm. I just I can't I can't envisage a scenario where they're just going to go. Oh, we're just going to go on a moment. because like Mike said, I don't think. You know, short term they might be able to fund the game, but I don't think long term they're going to be able to fund a Destiny three without some financial partner to back them up. So I, I do think there might be something in the works. And you know, I'm not saying it's definitely going to be Microsoft, but you know, all this cozy talk of Phil Spencer—you just never know, do you? You just never know. And I can just envisage something happen. I've just got it in my head that something might be in the works. Maybe not to be announced for a while, but. I wouldn't be surprised if they go with someone else. Mm, I guess all. a lot of it really depends for me on... I mean, we know Destiny 3 has been in production for a long time already. Yeah. It's it, it's not a rumour, it's just a poorly kept secret. It's I guess it depends how far along the road Destiny 3 actually is. I mean, obviously, games can get cancelled a couple of weeks before they're due to come out, so there's no sort of safety net on, on the fact that just because Destiny 3 is in development that it's actually going to see the light of day. Hmm. But... I, I, yeah, I wouldn't be too worried about that. I, I'm, I, I'm fairly confident we will see Destiny three because, like you said, development's probably quite far now. Anyway, you know, into development now. Anyway, um, obviously they're going to need more money for the, you know, to finish the development. But a lot of the money now they're going to need is for marketing for the new mm. game. That's I think that's my I point. Right? The, the development is already there. It's yeah. just bringing it to market and sort of trying to not let it just squirm over the line because no one wants to see a Destiny 3 that's pointless. You know, if they're going to do it, they might as well sort of one last hurrah, go hard or go home. Mm. I mean, you yeah. talked about new sort of financial partners there. I think about six or seven months ago, uh, Bungie did get an investment from a, from a Chinese publisher or um, maybe not publisher, but they it's called NetEase. They're a company that basically... Uh, provide online services so they run things like uh, you know Diablo 3, Overwatch, World of Warcraft in, in the sort of Chinese market mm -hmm. Yeah. so I mean I'm, I don't for one second believe the money they got from them, it was rumoured to be over 100 million which is obviously no uh, no small amount for, for a game mm -hmm. I don't think it's going to be part of the Destiny franchise but I think just to sort of reference that happening as a, as a thing 
they're not going to be short of people wanting to get involved, even if it is just for that last hurrah. I just, I don't know. I, I think now Bungie are exposed and what they do next, whether it's sort of finishing Destiny 2 on a high, going on to Destiny 3 and making sure it's not a flop, they they now sort of, they have no one to answer to. They're independent again as of now, I guess. And mm. what they do next has to be strong. Another company I'd just add as well, we're saying about, you know, which type of companies could, is um, Tencent, who are very big now in the East. And uh, they've been making their way into Western markets and they're making a big push into Western markets. Um, and wouldn't be surprised if someone like that, you know, you just never know. I know Tencent, you know, many people might not have heard of them, but they're a pretty big name now in development and publishing uh, in China. And, um, you know, the Chinese gaming market is booming, isn't it now? So we could see something strange like that, you know, a Chinese sort of something like that, maybe coming in and pumping money in to try and get traction in the West. So we'll have to wait and see. Yeah, <clears throat> I think time will tell, but... It does seem like maybe they do have something in the works, like you were saying. You know, at least initial talks with. Uh, I just get that sense. Yeah, you know, investment. Just, you know, because I think I don't know. I just get that sense there is something cooking up because it'd be risky the timing to go of it on your at the start of the year. Running. And yeah, it's yeah, I agree. And I think the sign. I, I haven't seen any worrying. I know obviously they're not going to come out and say like we're worried, but. I haven't seen any worrying signs from Bungie like, in a really panicking, so... Yeah, I don't know, I, I just get the sense something's going on. It feels a bit more calculated rather than yeah, knee-jerk, that's what I was it? thinking. And we haven't seen rumours, have we? Like, It's not like this has been brewing up for... I know there's been rumours of maybe a split, but it's not been like vicious rumours like, oh, Bungie are in serious trouble or anything like that, you know? Mm. So, I do wonder whether something's going Behind on. the scenes, Bungie are all just locked in their own offices, eating... <laughs> With a big massive help sign in the window. <laughs> yeah, that's another way of looking at it, but possibly. Yeah, that's true. They're playing it cool. The PR guy is just like, yeah, we've got the money to last. This is our IP. We'll do what we want with it. And then, literally, as soon as he turns off his PC, he's there just, you know, screaming. <laughs> screaming help. <laughs> but there's no one left to hear it. <laughs> Um, maybe they're gonna, maybe they're going to do the rock star tactic of <laughs> like 200 hour work weeks or something <laughs> like oh. on 10 p an hour to get the game done <laughs> oh horrific horrific well when i i just um was thinking then about bungie is it is it similar to bioware where we're thinking now if destiny 3 fails the bungie that could be it for them I don't know. I feel like a studio like Bungie would always get picked up by somebody. Whereas I'm not sure that's the case with Bioware. I think there's a difference. Mm-hmm. I think Bungie... Depends how a... much of their talents already jump ship. You never know. Yeah, yeah, that is point. true. I mean, they could all jump ship again, couldn't they? I mean, it'd be interesting to see if any jump ship now that this deal's expired. But, well, they um... want to jump ship, but they're in the middle of the ocean, stranded. So, <laughs> at the moment, just sort of get washed away. I... I would assume, though, that Bungie are in a if I had to guess right now, I think Bungie are in a better position than Bioware are right now. I'd assume Personally. so too. I think, I think especially with Anthem coming out, it really is like nail-biting stuff for Bioware, I think now, with Anthem. I think mm-hmm. if Anthem doesn't do big numbers or at least sufficient numbers for their expectations, EA's a, you know, it's a similar type deal, isn't it, with EA? EA and Activision are very similar type companies in the way they operate and the way they act, so... 
it's very similar situations, but I still think Bungie I would put in the slightly stronger position. I feel like we'll get a better um, sense or idea nearer Destiny Three because obviously rumors start trickling out, don't they? Like, you know, yeah. this is it for Bungie. They've maybe, like Matty said, they lose some more talent and possibly people start speculating. Then, as a result, just, but that, yeah, I was just going to say one more point as well about losing talent. I mean, that's what's happened at Bioware, isn't it? You know, yeah. they've still got some of the original Mass Effect and Dragon Age people, but there's not many left now. So no, true, and basically the heart and soul of the. Well, that's it. The team, isn't it? The more people that leave, the less heart and soul the game will probably have. Mm. I, I know we're not have, so. sort of going into this too much in terms of the topics right now, but I don't know if any of you guys actually saw the exclusive, the IGN exclusive for Anthem the other day. They released the first sort of meaty gameplay chunk. It was it was a good sort of mm. ten minutes of didn't didn't see it. Was it any showing good? it off? And let me tell you, um... now, it's Mass Effect <laughs> with Destiny. It's it couldn't be more similar to and. If you don't like Destiny, then you're not gonna like Anthem. It's as simple as that. This is it, what it was rumored to be from the start as well, wasn't it? Yeah, everything yeah, I mean, is screams a, a Destiny and, and Mass Effect hybrid. It's you, you look at the enemies' health bars, shields, the way that you buff and debuff things. It's all the sort of things that you love from Mass Effect or know from Mass Effect mm-hmm. put into a an exploration space, which you could easily confuse for Destiny if the game wasn't set in third person. So, yeah. I did also see... I don't know if it was from the iGen gameplay. Or, did they have, like, the first reveal or something? Is that what it was? The first reveal of some gameplay? Maybe that's what it was. But uh, I did see a lot of people, like industry, you know, people that are in the know, being concerned about the game. You know, in terms of... um maybe it's not as good as we think it's going to be. You know what I mean? Like some people, some industry insiders that have, you know, seen a lot of the game and stuff hands on were a little bit concerned about, you know, the longevity of the game and the state the game is going to be when it launches. So that'll be interesting to see. Yeah. I, I mean, they could honestly, be completely wrong, but you've just sort of set it up perfectly for me when it launches. They've actually mm. advertised things like public events, which yeah. is destiny. And they've advertised you, you know, not to sort of be able to nail the quest from exactly what it is to what it finishes, but it, in that 10 minutes, you actually get to see it. And yeah. it's essentially what we already have in a different game. And uh, don't get me wrong, it looks okay. It looks like it would be quite fun for a while, mm-hmm. but it, it seems to me that it's going to be a bog standard experience that's going to grow old and pretty quickly it's it will fall if it's as they've released the first 10 minutes well not the first 10 minutes but a 10 minute snippet you'd think they'd show off all the great ideas they've had and what they've basically shown is 10 minutes of what destiny would look like if it was mass effect and that i don't think is going to enthuse too many people the last three minutes or so of the video is a duo like a fire team or whatever they're going to call it with the javelins they're shooting this bullet sponge boss and the boss is doing the same attacks repeatedly, there's no variety in it and you just think this is not what they needed to do this just this is a miss Like this, if they go down that route and that's what they're going to show off of being oh hey look, this is the exclusive first look what's well, the rest of the game going to be like? Well I've got a question for you Perks um, just because, you know Destiny we know which way that game's gone. We've covered it, you know, like it feels like for a million, a million times. Yeah, on this podcast. 
And when that game came out, me, you, and Sud played it extensively. Yeah. What we ended up doing after the first week was killing ourselves by jumping off a cliff, respawning, running full pelt into a load of mob of enemies, shooting them, and then looking for legendary engrams on the floor. And if we didn't get any legendary engrams, jumping off a cliff and repeating that. While I was listening to Never Gonna Give You Up by Rick Astley on repeat like 5,000 times. That yeah, is my endearing memory. Yeah, that is my endearing memory of Destiny. And I was just sitting there and I almost just <laughs> put the controller down and looked at my own hands like, what am I doing with my life? And <laughs> just turned the game off because I couldn't take it anymore. <laughs> Do you see Anthem going down the same route as that after like two weeks? I think it's going to be exactly that. And I've. I've said on this podcast before, you know, if you don't like X, you're not going to like Y or Z because these games are all the same at heart. And whilst they come with different skins and different environments and, you know, different terminology for the things that they do, the good and the evil is part of them and the quests and public events, whatever you want to call them. Yeah, basically, I, I can't remember which reviewer it was that got the, the hands-on on for the IGN exclusive, but they actually said in, in the short time they had, they found themselves repeating the same quest to get different loot. And you just thought, that's one of the major problems that people had with The Division. It's one of the main problems that people have with Destiny is that you're doing the same thing repeatedly on the hope that you get something different at the end of it. it it's the same. They've already mm. released that it's the same. And I just think the warning signs have to be so clear for anyone that's expecting anything different. Yeah, I I know what you're trying to say there. I think, I suppose I'll, I'll try and play devil's advocate a little bit with it. I think we have to be careful. They've only shown 10 minutes of game. I mean, we've seen gameplay at E3 before that, but, they, you know, this first look wasn't sort of two hours of gameplay. It was 10 minutes. So, How worried be... are you, though, that in 10 minutes they've shown repetition? You think if they're uh, going yeah, uh, to show off 10 minutes, they have to sell that game to people. This yeah, is the first, um, this is the world exclusive first 10 minutes chunk that they've shown. Maybe, you know, and it's maybe, repetitive. You know, maybe not the best first 10 minutes to show, but, you know, the, uh, well, I mean, we've, we've got to take them at face value in what they say. And they've said, haven't they, that it's going to be a rich narrative experience. So I'm going to take them at face value. And when I buy the game, if it's not a rich narrative experience, then you can say they've sold us, you know, they sold us a lie because that is what they clearly said. That, that was their, you know, thing that they tried to say was the thing that was different from sort of the division of Destiny was this was going to be a Mass Effect type, you know, space opera story, but with the Destiny MMO elements, which I think that's what most people wanted from the game, if I'm not mistaken. I mean... Yeah, but right? they also said Mass Effect um, Andromeda was going to be a AAA game. We all know that ended up at the start. <laughs> well, I mean, we differ on that, don't we? Because, well, I think us three actually quite enjoyed Mass Effect Andromeda, but it was clearly a departure from the first three. But yeah, it had I, think the, problems, got, I think the game I got... I think the game got... I think it got... Yeah, yeah I, I actually think it got a lot people's of faces critics. looked like they were still in alpha testing. Uh, I don't, yeah, I don't, the graphics were, were, were subpar. I didn't actually that. experience that many um, glitches or animation bugs, really, mm. to be honest. I, I think I might have got lucky, but my game well, yeah, was quite smoothly. That. Yeah, the same thing happened to me, but I don't, you know, we should freely admit that we, we saw them all sort yeah. of not first-hand, oh, but yeah, third-hand. Yeah. I mean, we saw how bad they were. Mm -hmm, definitely. But, I mean, coming back to your point, though, said in terms of, you know, this is what we wanted from Anthem, right? Richer narrative experiences, but also, the, the good things from previous uh, shared world shooters. My, my question to you would be this, right? If Anthem delivers a AAA sort of 9 to 
9.5 out of 10 narrative experience. But between sort of points A to B to C and how the story progresses, you've got to do 75 to 100 hours of grinding the same thing repeatedly to be able to get there. How do you feel about that? Would that be a, well, would that be something that interests you? Or is that like, hey, we don't really care about what your story is because to get from point A to B is is just not fun? Well, I think the first thing I'd say about that is that Destiny 2, I didn't think Destiny 2's story was amazing, but it definitely, you know, it was it was a coherent story. Um, and it managed to do that in a way where you didn't, you had to grind a little bit, of course, but it managed to do it in a way where, what what would you say the length of Destiny's story was? 10 hours? 15 hours? Something like that? In terms maybe of the a grinding more, to maybe get 20 there, hours. no, I think probably less. I think, yeah, pro- pro- I would say long. less because I'm a hardcore player and I understand yeah. how to progress quickly. So yeah. I'd say probably about eight hours, maybe well, less. That was, well, that was a nice encompassing story. And you didn't, I think, I don't think too many people moaned about not being able to get to the end of the story, did they? In, uh, in Destiny 2, you know, without having to grind too much. I think you had to grind a little bit, but I don't remember struggling, really, to get to the end of the game and having to grind. So I think that's the first thing to point out is that if, you know, that's what they should be trying to achieve, a solid... Maybe a little bit longer. They can say twenty-five to as long as it's not as long as it's not like a hundred hours to complete the story, which would be totally ridiculous, I think. But um, if it's a good twenty-five, thirty, thirty-five hour experience, where yeah, you have to do a bit of grind, and you expect that in these shared world shooters. But the thing for me is, you know, you're looking at Anthem perks, obviously, as you'd be wanting this to play this game for three months, six months, twelve months. For me, I just want a good game for a month two months so we're probably looking at this from different angles because if the story is really good to me that's the main thing to me you know if the game down the line two months down has no content and i'm not really as bothered because for me it's more of a short termish game where i'm you know i'm not looking I, I i can't see myself playing anthem in two years time for example whereas you know if you if you really love the game person it was incredible and better than Destiny, you maybe would play the game in two years' time. I think that's the difference, I'd say, as well. Have you Depends guys, what you want out of the game. Depends uh, what you want out of the game. Have any of you guys tried um, Star Wars The Old Republic, which was online? That was done by Bioware as well. No, but I've heard it's uh, pretty good now. See, yeah, I enjoyed that. It, it, it had a little bit of story to it, uh, obviously with different um, paths you select to go down, and that was enough to keep me going and playing, and you know me, I didn't really like Destiny enough to try and carry on i feel like if you give me enough of enough of a story doesn't have to be the best but enough to keep me wanting to go on and grind to to, you know to get to the next part of the story then it's something i can enjoy yeah wasn't uh didn't that game have like a really epic trailer that's what it's quite famous for the trailers are great great really good yeah they had a few really good but the republic especially but that's what I, I mean, think. Like... Honestly, I think on this topic it's quite strange because we're not talking here about a, a purely narrative experience. We're not talking about a six to eight hour Bioshock or something that we touched on last week. Shared world shooters are supposed to have legs. They're supposed to mm-hmm. be. This is the story. Yeah, this is okay. What comes next? The, the shared world shooter genre has to appeal to the sort of what what's next it's always what's the next content what's the next thing that we're working towards they're not really designed and i'm not trying to sort of rule certain types of players like you know you guys out of them but when Mm. these games are developed they're not developed with the mindset of let's please people from a story point of view and then the game can go away for them they want that continual engagement whether it's weekly or 
or bi-weekly, whatever it might be. That's what Anthem needs to be. So if Anthem's story is fantastic, just to elaborate on the point a bit more, and you can get through it quite quickly, and you know it's a 9 or a 10 out of 10 from a narrative point of view, but from a, a shared world point of view and from a sort of progressive point of view, it's crap. Does that make the game good or bad? Is that a success or a failure? I don't know. I just think from what I've seen, I'm just going to say from what I've seen so far, I know exactly what to expect from Anthem, and I just don't want people to fool themselves. It's it's there for all to see, and if you've got any kind of mid-to-long-term experience with Destiny or The Division, you know what Anthem is now. They've revealed it, they've shown it, and in 10 minutes, you can absolutely call it. Yeah, I suppose in terms of, like you said, in terms of the gameplay and how it's going to work, the one thing you would say, though, Perse, is you'd probably surely have to agree with this, is the story is the one element where it's still up in the air. We don't know how strong it's going to be. It could be it could be really weak, and it could be nothing like what was promised, or it could be really strong, and it could be a new turning point for this genre. Yeah, it's we absolutely just don't know up that. in the air, because they've, they've been very vague so far, yeah, which is caught. either a good thing or a bad thing, because they don't want to show off yeah, too much. Yeah, true. But I mean, I'm, ex- I'm excited for the story because I think they've got so yeah. much freedom to work with in the universe that they've sort of, you know, put us in there. Um, yeah, I just, I don't know how I'd view it, right? If I play through Anthem for the first sort of 10, 20 hours, I complete the, the campaign, the story side of things, and I think that's great. But then what comes after is not great. I'm not going to think that's a good game. No. Yeah, so I, 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 don't, I don't really... I would rather a, a sort of 6, 7 out of 10 story and a 9, 10 out of 10 end game than the other way around. But that's just see, me, and that's how I yeah, see those games. Yeah. See, I'm the other way around, though. And I think, Luke, you'd be probably similar to me in terms of I'd rather have the 9, 9.5 out of 10 story and mm-hmm. the 6 out of 10 end game content. Well, But that's probably just the different types of gamers we are, maybe, or have, you know become over the years i don't know yeah i think it's i think it's subjective to the genre though right because you guys know i love a single player story as much as you and as much as the next guy but i just want to see it in the right place like i'm i'm under no illusions we're never going to have a shared world title that has the most perfect story and the most perfect end game content it's you know it's a pipe dream it's never going to happen so yeah in terms of like 10 hour single player story experiences of course i want that to be great and the tacked on multiplayer to suck because no one cares but I think for a game like this, it has to have the the primary focus has to be on what comes after the narrative, and that you know I guess it's open to interpretation. Everyone will have a different opinion on it, but that's just my take on a on a yeah. game that falls into that genre particularly. To, to be honest, I I'm happy with a mix. You know, you said uh, the story can be six or seven, the end game being nine or whatever. I'd actually be happy with something like that, as long as the story isn't something like a two. And I just think, yeah. oh, I, I can't even be bothered to progress because it just hasn't hooked me. Yeah, no one wants that. Yeah. No, so I'm happy with a 6 or 7 and a game that I get a lot of hours out of as a result. I'm hoping <laughs> it will do that. What are our expectations, though? Because I think we should have very high expectations and maybe we should be more ambitious and say, well, no, that's not acceptable. It should be at least an 8.5 story and an 8.5 endgame content. I think that's maybe that's the standards we should hold this game to because... You know, they've. It's not just us that have bigged this game up. The EA have bigged this game up. Bioware are bigging this game up. So EA maybe we should expect this more. game to be big. EA desperately need this game to be big because they've had a bad 2018 sales-wise. Battlefield mm. Five sales were terrible. Horrific. I think compared to what they what they thought they'd get from it. 
Um, FIFA down year on year, still obviously did well enough, but there's been a massive drop off of players in Ultimate Team, especially, which obviously is their big money spinner throughout the year. Um, so yeah, EA need this game to be big, unfortunately for Bioware, because I don't think it's going to be as big as EA are hoping. Yeah, I, I know what you're trying to say, Matt. I would say that EA have probably got cash reserves to last them quite a while, but I know what you're saying in terms of yeah, if like this they've game got does cash badly, reserves, but they can't just keep churning no, out no, failure yeah. after failure. Yeah. Yeah. Like, you'd fear when more. Got you don't shareholders to answer yeah. to. We wouldn't fear for EA, though, would we? It'd be fearing for Bioware and other studios they've got. It'd be you know because EA, you know, would be fine. You know, they'd just carry on making their FIFAs and stuff. It's just that. We don't want to see EA become this company that only makes FIFA and Battlefield, do we, forever? Or, you know, Star Wars games. We want them to make... You know, we want them to fund... I want them to lose a Star Wars IP. Well, yeah, that's a good point, but I'm just trying to say in terms of it, it'd be nice to see EA fund more single-player-only games or Mm -hmm. like they're doing in the indie scene or funding games like Anthem on new IPs. We, We don't want them to completely lose that because... I think they'd just become even worse if they only had FIFA and, say, Battlefield. It'd just be, I don't know, they'd just be a shell of a company, wouldn't they? So, Yeah, they probably would. Yeah, They probably would. However, we'll move on to um, uh, another topic of, uh, of a game that's done pretty well, but um, a company that's under a little bit of fire. Uh, it's Fortnite developers Epic Games. And <laughs> it's been re- revealed that they've got an F or a rating of an F from the Better Business Bureau. Um, They allegedly granted the rating due to unanswered customer complaints, stating that 279 complaints have been filed against the business, but 247 have gone without a response. (laughs) So basically, just putting your head in the sand and hoping it'll disappear. Um, Most complaints as well have um, have to do with customer service and issuing refunds. A lot of parents there probably unhappy with their kid nicking their credit card and buying skins left, <laughs> well, right, This is the problem. Like, I, I don't understand. Um, I, I understand why it's been given an F because obviously there would have been a hell of a lot of complaints from parents who have left their credit cards on the console, you know, and then mm-hmm. the kids, you know, the little Jimmies got to call them out, have bought a thousand pounds worth of ebooks <laughs> so they can get their skins and then you know brenda's run downstairs and just seen minus a thousand pound in a bank account and gone you know mental i've had it in my work you know numerous times people coming in buying the digital cards off the shelf because they don't want to give their credit card information or debit mm-hmm. card information on the actual console anymore but i don't really see what that has to do with fortnite i mean the 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 currency is non-refundable. It's stated, you know, clearly in the terms and conditions. So <laughs> I don't, as much as I'd like to sit here and hate on Fortnite, you know, I don't really see where this has come from and what, what the point in it is, to be honest. I'm pretty sure, you know, the Better Business Bureau can give him an F, you know, till the cows come home. They're just laughing their way to the bank. and With Brenda's credit card? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> They've That's run off point. with Brenda's credit card. They don't care. I think what I'd say about it is um, you've got to remember as well. I'm coming at it from the point of view of, I suppose, defending Epic in a way because, you know, that game is so big. How many complaints must they get anyway? Like, I mean, it must be unimaginable. Like, I can't imagine how much they have to deal with this in terms of, you know, people phoning up or people emailing them. It must be mad how much they have to deal with because, you know, people, people, you know, it's just a fact of life, isn't it? People hate things that are popular. 
mm-hmm. a lot of the time have become popular. It's like, you know, the old... Uh, it's like the Call of Duty trailers every year, isn't it, on YouTube? They get, like, 20,000 likes and, like, 200,000 dislikes, even though there's nothing wrong with the trailer just because people are like, oh, you know, fuck you, Call of Duty, or whatever it is, you know what I mean? It's like, <laughs> yeah, you know... It, it, Middle finger so, to the man. Yeah, that's it, exactly. So you do wonder whether this is more of a... What's the highest rating they could possibly get anyway? Because they're never going to get an A, are they? Because people, you know, it's just not going to happen with a big company like that. You know, it's like it's like the you know Metacritic when you see critic scores of say, you know, you maybe look at. I don't think I'm not sure Fortnite's been reviewed on Metacritic, but I'll just go back to Call of Duty. You see it getting like an 85 or whatever on Metacritic from critics, and then you look at the user score and it's like 1.8, and it's like, well, that's clearly not a true representation no. of what people feel about the game it's just exactly. you know so i I'd, I'd look at it from that point of view and and you know personally and think well they're gonna get tons of complaints they're gonna get tons of people moaning about you know little jimmy's spent mummy's credit card you know money on <laughs> mummy's credit card it's like they're gonna get tons of that so it's hard yeah. for them to manage and so it's maybe it's, a bit of an unfair it's really. what it's what comes with the territory uh, i'd just like to take yeah. a minute to to apologize so anyone offended, um, I said middle finger to the man. I also mean middle finger to the woman as well. <laughs> just, just, just in case, guys. Mid- middle and girls. finger to the person. Yeah, the person, <laughs> the the human being. So there we yeah, go. I think that was said. You just mentioned that you know they were never going to get an A. I mean, they were never going to get an A from from the BBB anyway, because Epic aren't affiliated with it, and we know how companies like that work, right? If, if yeah. you don't pay the sort of subscription fee, then you're always going to get yeah, marked with so. crap ratings. I think the funniest thing from from this, or at least when I was reading into the article and sort of diving a bit deeper, is that the the figures you said before, Luke, about the the number of unanswered complaints. Mm-hmm. These people are complaining to the wrong place. <laughs> it's like you you know, the, there's no affiliation between Epic and the BBB, so we're going to complain to the BBB about Epic, in which they can have no input or control. It it doesn't make sense, right? And Epic even said this. They said. It's redirected all the complaints that went to the BBB to the Epic customer support site. So just just complain to the right people, guys. You'll get a response. Like, yeah. it, it's bizarre. We can't refund like, you, Brenda. Sorry. Yeah. It's, um, <laughs> Have but, a word um, with little I mean, Jimmy. All these, all these little unanswered Jimmy, complaints. Little Jimmy has spent that thousand pound and you are never getting it back. <laughs> no, yeah, but you can do a nice dance. Especially if you complain to the wrong people, right? It's like... <laughs> I just I just don't understand. There's there's a lot of uneducated people out there and Brenda's probably one of them or Brian for those that would be affected by that. Brenda and Brian. <laughs> Could you imagine how how annoying that would be to come downstairs one day and it's just like a thousand pounds from your bank, and you're like, What the hell? And you'd look turn around little Jimmy's head dancing away on Fortnite, like, yeah, I just bought this, man. <laughs> well, you know, epic customer support, if you are listening, if Brian does ring on the phone and complain, d- just make sure you don't refer to him as sir, because he may be a madam. <laughs> oh, yeah, like the, gir- like the girl slash guy in uh, GameStop or wherever it was. I can't remember. Jeez. Yeah, but I mean, bottom line is, if you want to complain or try and claim back, thousands of pounds worth of debt from to Epic, Epic and not a pointless company that I've Epic. only heard of just now so <laughs> <laughs> and they have you know they have um, it's stupid yeah it's like me texting 
I don't know, it was like me texting someone on my phone contacts list called Bill asking if Perks is out and then <laughs> not getting yeah. a response and being like, oh, well, Perks never texts me back. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> probably. I wonder why. <laughs> yeah. Ridiculous. It's a good Ridiculous. point. Yeah, I mean, well, I'm pretty sure it won't hurt Fortnite sales or Fortnite's revenue streams anyway. I think it'll be all right with its uh, V-Bucks and stuff like that. However, moving on to someone who uh, might not be all right in, in the near future, it's the... Um, Theresa May. Well, Theresa May, yeah. <laughs> Hopefully she will be out of office. But then again, uh, talking about um, CEO of Gearbox, Randy Pitchford, or as Marty calls him, Pitchfork, um, is... Yeah, his former lawyer has accused him of taking a secret $12 million bonus and obviously paying himself $12 million. Uh, um, uh, we should stress that Gearbox have called the lawsuit absurd, so they obviously don't believe it, but or believe that it's nonsense and just made up. How, how do we go, How do we feel about this? Um, does it say what the bonus was allegedly for? Was it just a personal bonus? Was it related to any specific game? Because if it was a bonus for Aliens Colonial Marines, then <laughs> it's the biggest disgrace in the history of gaming. That is a scandal. <laughs> I think the the main theme of it was that I think it was an executive bonus and something to do with loyalties uh, relating to Borderlands being paid in advance. Board, against um, Borderland profits, it was. Yeah, mm -hmm. so make of that what you will <laughs> yeah it seems to me like he's just trying to drain every penny he can before he becomes irrelevant <laughs> like, well, already you know, irrelevant. well that's a, you know i mean he's at the, the reason that someone, i call yeah. him randy pitchfork is because that's actually what i thought his name was originally when he first because you came, think yeah. a farmer. Yeah. <laughs> 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 well yeah if this lawsuit you know succeeds then he probably will be a farmer in a couple of years time yeah maybe but uh just I know this isn't really about Borderlands, but I just want to bring it up that it is disappointing, though, isn't it, that what they've done, or what under his stewardship has happened to Borderlands. I mean, no new game for... I mean, there's been remasters, but no new game for six and a half years now. It's like, mm. what is going on there? I mean, I know, obviously, they had one of the reasons was the failed Battleborn experiment, and that must have put Gearbox back a long way, because that game... That was a disaster. Horribly. I mean, it came out in the same... 2016, wasn't it? Because it came out a couple of weeks before Overwatch. And Overwatch I it came out blew it out of the water. Day. I'm pretty oh, sure yeah, it well, came out yeah, on the same very day. Close, wasn't At least it? in the UK anyway. Yeah. I know it was exactly the same yeah. day or something stupid And Overwatch like absolutely destroyed it. And rightfully so, because it <laughs> counts a miles better game. But, uh, yeah, they got it wrong, didn't they, with Battleborn? And I think that took them back a bit. But even so, no, to, have, to not have an a new Borderlands game this generation is so strange and well, we know why now. so annoying. They so couldn't afford it because really. Randy Pitchfork yeah, and... kept taking money. <laughs> I'm hoping Borderlands 3, you know, allegedly. will be a thing soon. Well, yeah, allegedly. We should say allegedly because yeah, we don't have the yeah, facts. Randy, Randy might, the complete might facts turn up behind it, but... you with a pistol and just blow your brains out <laughs> if yeah. you keep saying or a, that he, or a he pitch took uh, <laughs> Yeah, innocent until proven guilty and all that. But, um, yeah, it's just disappointing with Borderlands because 
you know, I mean, it could be another even two, three, four years away still. And if it ever comes out, I mean, would it really shock you if they suddenly go around turn around and say, oh, sorry? Well, this is a question no that I ask you guys off, off, um, off the podcast. It's, is this going to harm Borderlands? Because we talked about it last week, about I, the rumours, 2020. I, I, I don't know if this necessarily, this lawsuit will harm Borderlands. I, don't, I think it's a separate issue, really. But uh, I think that, that what's been happening with Gearbox lately since Battleborn is worrying. I'd say that's a more bigger concern. There's been it just no contributes. No, it just contributes to the negative brand image like that Gearbox has got in general because they're already not a very liked publisher. Obviously, because of the Alien Colonial Marine scandal. Oh wow, yeah, I forgot everything. About that. I everything forgot to about do that. with like Randy Pitchford, Battleborn. Like they've been involved in a lot of bad PR, you know, news stories over the last few years. And obviously, this just yeah. contributes to it. Um, what was the Colonial Marines one again? They 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 said they were doing it, didn't they? Or developing, publishing, whatever. But they passed it yeah. on to a different studio without really telling anybody that they had. I think the biggest gripe that most people had was the trailer, because the trailer for Aliens Colonial Marines was literally a completely different game, and it mm-hmm. looked really good. You know, you saw like gameplay footage of Aliens Colonial Marines apparently being developed by Gearbox. You know, it's going to be the Aliens game that everyone's always wanted, and it looked absolutely brilliant. And then you play Colonial Marines, and my God, that game was a complete oh. <laughs> abomination, absolute trash. But do you know what's funny about that? Did you hear the, what the stories behind that? How one of the big biggest problems with the game was the AI were absolutely horrific and broken, and it was a mistake, wasn't it, in the coding when it was being developed? Yeah, someone um, went and fixed it. Someone it wasn't went and like a developer, it. it was just yeah, no. someone, you know, off yes. the street. <laughs> Little Jimmy. So that pretty much says yeah. it all, doesn't it? About how incompetent the development team must have been. That, uh, that, that, that well, we don't. I mean, we don't know if it was Gearbox or whoever it was, whoever they palmed it off to. It just shows the incompetence, really. Well, so I it mean, was. A, it was more of a simple mistake. Oh no, no, well, don't get me wrong. The no, whole no, game, the game was atrocious. Like the whole, it wasn't just like no, the alien no. AI was the only bad thing about the game. Yeah, right, okay. It looked atrocious. The, the gameplay was yeah, atrocious. Yeah. The sound effects were atrocious. Uh, when I played it, you sort of had the the trademark yellow construction bot that you got in, and yeah. you had to fight like a queen alien or something like that. And mm-hmm. I kept killing it. And no matter what I did, after I killed it, a gate was supposed to open, and the gate would just never open. I had to delete my entire save. I turned the game off, I cleared my cache, um, and I had to start the whole game again. And then it got to the point where, you know, I was probably 40% through the next playthrough, and I was just like, what the hell am I doing? And just turned it off and got rid of it. I'm surprised you got as far as the next playthrough, to be honest. Sounds like you had an (laughs) enjoyable experience with it. Yeah. Sounds like a great game. Shocking game. (laughs) And it always annoys everyone because everyone knows how much potential there is in the Aliens franchise to make mm. a good Aliens game, and no one can ever do it. Well, alien isolation. isolation yeah, obviously. but that's not an Aliens game. Like, Alien is more of like a survival horror. Obviously, the first yeah. film ran along those sort of similar lines where it was just one alien. Obviously, Aliens is, you know, a lot of smaller aliens, and it's more of like, you know, an all-out shooter, an, an action yeah. game. And obviously... Everyone's dream is for that to be transferred into maybe like a good four-player co-op shooter that's actually you know scary, has the like, moments of tension, playable. Yeah, and it would it would make for a good game, but I just don't think it's ever going to happen now. Mm. Yeah, it seems like an IP that's just crying out for a good game to be made. It's got the fan base, but I did hear though that Isolation was good. I believe I spoke to Perks about that game, and Perks loved it, uh, if I remember correctly. Anyway, Perks. Yeah, definitely, because it was just, it was what 
that um it was just what that sort of franchise needed i mean alien is in itself it, it's always had these if you remember sort of back in the the old day it had rts games i think i can't even remember if it was under the alien versus predator sort of mantra mm-hmm. and it was mm. it was just so bad it was untrue and then obviously <laughs> colonial Are you Marines, talking about the 360 just... game alien versus predator yeah, it yeah, was it was it was, best, it was, was the it? RTS, and you thought. I mean, I was a big Command and Conquer back uh, fan back in the day, and I was ex- quite excited to see that because obviously, you know, you combine that kind of thing with Alien, and you think this is going to be great, and it really wasn't. Uh, Colonial Marines was as a disaster as you've mm. already mentioned, but that's the problem with sort of outsourcing things to to lesser companies anyway. Yeah. But yeah, Isolation was sort of. It, I would say it was unexpected because. I mean, sooner or later, they had to hit with with the with the alien theme, right? It, sooner or later, it had to to find its place. You'd think so, wouldn't you? Yeah. So, I mean, whatever happens in the future with with alien as a theme, I'd I'd like to see it sort of carry on down that road of survival horror, and it, it just worked. It was a for me, at least when oh, I played yeah. it, I wasn't expecting much. Yeah. And it, it delivered big time. Well, one, th- I mean, that game. Um, <laughs> you play that game on the hardest difficulty, you are in for one hell of a <laughs> frightening time. Because <laughs> mm-hmm. I played it on the hardest difficulty. I, it was scary, like very scary. Like, it, you know, you're, tre- you're nervous to make one step when you know it's stalking you. It's horrible. It's a horrible game to play in a good way, if you know what I mean. It's, yeah. If you, well, if you like that the alien is supposed to be a very frightening creature. It's supposed mm. to be something that you're scared of. In Alien yeah. Colonial Marines, the aliens ran at you <laughs> looking like they were drunk trying to dance to Michael Jackson. Yeah, or something. I mean, it was absolutely ridiculous. Yeah, and <laughs> yeah. when it gets to the point where you're shooting about 500,000 of them in the course of one playthrough, it's like, oh, it's just really? not scary Another anymore, one... is it? Whereas that was isolation, isolation was that. I mean, it wasn't just you that were isolated. There was one uh, alien in isolation, and it it really sort of hit home where it needed mm. to. So, yeah, the, the yeah. more the merrier in terms of experiences they can deliver on that note. Um, I'm just picking up on one game that Sud mentioned, the one that was on 360. Did you guys play that? Um, Alien versus Predator. Because uh, it wasn't there like um yeah it was, uh, it was action. Yeah. Yeah, and it was yeah, it was like it had a single player. I think it had three separate campaigns where he plays different factions or something. It had a multiplayer as well. It there wasn't... was the alien, there was the yeah, predator, was... and then there was the marines. Yeah, was... that's the one I'm yeah, thinking well, of. Yeah. It was a middling game, wasn't it? A sort of five out of ten, six out of ten experience. Weren't... It wasn't awful. It wasn't good either, really. Weren't one of the, the uh, I don't know. Was it the predator that was really overpowered or the alien? Oh, and the multiplayer. Yeah, yeah basically, if you're way marine, overpowered, I can't remember you which was screwed. It might have been the Predator. Oh, that was like... oh man, I'm having like bad flashbacks. <laughs> Wait, I remember, remember? Perks. <laughs> Yeah, I remember exactly. I like. I, I think we've both just had a flashback to the same moment. Yeah. The Marines, you might as well have been playing as, as bath sponges. <laughs> they, they were the most pointless characters. You could not kill anything with the gun. And me and Perks stood in this big circular room because obviously the alien was overpowered, but Predator was just on another level in terms yeah. of being overpowered. We literally stood in a room, baited the other player into coming down this corridor where they couldn't move, they couldn't <laughs> fire, and we fired at them straight with the assault rifles literally for like two minutes straight, and they didn't die and just slowly walked towards us in the fire, like just taking every single <laughs> bullet they could and then killed us both. And I think it's like, right, that's the last time we're playing this online. See you later. <laughs> yeah, they basically made it like the films, right? Where it's like, if you're a human character, you're dead instantly, no matter what happens. You can shoot rockets and missiles and bombs and the alien or the predator will just walk through and just 
decimate you. What's the point in putting that in a multiplayer game, though? And well, then putting we you, couldn't and tell you, you that. It, it was one of the biggest missteps <laughs> in yeah, it was the a failure. Of, of development was of online failure. games. It was horrible. The the yeah. one that I referenced before was called Extinction. I've just had a quick look now. It was Alien vs. Predator Extinction. That was the RTS on the original right. Xbox. Uh, I didn't. Right. I, I didn't actually see that game. Uh, oh, sorry. See it. I, I. I've never heard of that game. Oh. No, I haven't heard of it either. Mm, it was quite similar along the lines of you. You had. I, I didn't actually complete it, but I remember playing it for quite a long time with with one of my friends, and it was. I think it was you had certain missions which you had control of the marines. Certain missions were control of the the aliens and and so on. And there was I can't remember the sort of distinction off the top of my head but some of them were super easy and then some of them were impossibly hard with the harder aliens and, and predator enemies so yeah they they don't have a great sort of history i guess with games like that yeah <laughs> seems like they struggle to uh well to give to find humans the balance. yeah the balance that was the word i was looking for yeah find the balance um well we might as well finish today with a bit of movie news um Looking across the week, we've seen that Aquaman's done pretty well for itself, and it's crossed the $1 billion uh, sale, revenue, whatever, uh, worldwide, which is means it's the first DC film to cross the $1 billion mark since Batman The Dark Knight Rises. I've just got, I wanted to obviously get your opinions on this. I've not seen the film yet. I'm going to wait for it to... You know, come out on TV or whatever and watch it then, or Netflix, because I don't really want to pay to watch it. But I know someone who, I know Sud did go to watch it, and I believe you enjoyed it. I did, I did actually. Um, <laughs> it was a lot better than I thought it was going to be. I uh, I went into the film with, maybe it's because I went into it with very low expectations, though. Mm-hmm. That does play a part sometimes, doesn't it, when you go into things with low expectations? Yeah, um, I had the same with um, Venom. Because I, I remember Venom was yeah, great, though. Yeah. I That's thought. it. I think this is a probably a similar type situation to Venom in terms of, well, maybe I don't think it quite got critically panned as badly as Venom, but it was very middle in reviews. I think it was in the fifties, wasn't it, on Metacritic stuff like that. So, um, but to be honest, I enjoyed it. I thought uh, it was. I actually think if we'd have gone as a four to watch, we probably would have enjoyed it. I think it was. I'm not saying it was the greatest film in the world or anything. You know, it's, it's better than Judge Dredd. Masterpiece. Oh, I mean, it's a hundred <laughs> times better than Judge Dredd. You know that. It's yeah, hundred times. I mean, if if Aquaman Aquaman had been in the mansion, Judge Dredd would be down in the toilet somewhere in the sewers. <laughs> so that's the comparison I'd make. <laughs> but uh, no, it was a good film, enjoyable. The story was fine. There was a few you know iffy moments in places, as there always is in these Marvel DC uh, superhero films. But it was an mm-hmm. enjoyable, a lot more enjoyable than I thought it was going to be. And uh, you know, Jason. Uh, What's his name? Is it Jason Momoa? Momoa, yeah. He did a good, really good job. So he's a good actor. Wow. Actually, I feel uh, like the film should have been. Cl- I have, I haven't been to see the film. Just uh, you know, full disclosure. I feel like the film should have been called Jason Momoa Man because <laughs> yeah, of the people yeah. that have gone to watch it have just gone to watch it to fawn over him. I would be, I would be very surprised if it grossed that much if it wasn't him as the. Um, as the Aquaman. main, yeah, yeah maybe. As, as I mean, yeah. If it was, you know, a different cast, you could it, argue the same with Tom Hardy, yeah. with Venom, yeah, possibly. And exactly, you could also yeah. say, well, it's a good. It was good. It was good. It was good casting, then, wasn't it? I suppose, but mm-hmm. um, well, he, he seems to suit the role, doesn't he? As well, to he seems to I suit think it. he's a pretty decent actor. So, yeah, um, and if Jason Momoa, you know, ever decides to hang up the trident, then he can always just give the job to Roman Reigns instead. 
Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. almost point. the he same could, person. Roman Reigns could actually. <laughs> he could just Superman punch everyone. That would be but, it. Uh, I don't think Roman Reigns would have had the personality to play it, but uh, the it had a good support. Status. Well, yeah, yeah, that's true. Hopefully, um, he gets he recovers. Yeah, soon. hopefully, we all will wish him speedy recovery. Pray for Roman. Yeah, but uh, no, it had a good supporting cast as well. To be fair, that helped the film. So it was just a good film. I, th- I think uh, if you end up watching it on DVD or whatever, you'll enjoy it. I think you'll enjoy it more than you think you will. DVD. Yeah. What so, year? Is it? <laughs> well, Jesus. you know these formats these days. VHS. Yeah. You end up watching VHS. <laughs> yeah, the back, I think we should go back to them days when it was on VHS, the good old days. To be honest, so um, I remember talking you know, to you about yep. uh, a similar thing with Black Panther. I wasn't really interested. You went to the cinema. Mm. You said it was pretty good. I think you enjoyed it. More I really than enjoyed I it. I actually, I, I'd, I'd go. I'd say more than pretty good. I, yeah, it's really good option. Well, but, I finally got around to watching it a couple of months ago, and I agree with you. I think it's a good film. So. Maybe it'll be mm. the same with Aquaman. So where where do you think this falls under the new DC universe? Is it is it below Wonder Woman? Is it better than Batman vs Superman? Yeah. Oh, it's miles better than Batman vs Superman. I mean, that's not even. It's much better than Batman vs Superman. But I mean, Batman vs Superman was it's wasn't great. Was it least. very poor? Batman murders um, people. It's not, so I'd put it under Wonder Woman. I think Wonder Woman was. Slightly better. I don't. I, I don't know. What did you guys think of Wonder Woman anyway? I general? liked it. I thought it was good. Yeah, yeah it was I thought good. it was a good film. I don't know if Perkson might have seen it yet. Yeah, I didn't watch it when it first came out, but when I got around to, I thought it was. Yeah. Maybe I had a bit of prejudice with it because I'm never a massive fan of the you know lesser sort of spin-offs from the, the yeah. superhero films. But I actually enjoyed it more than I thought I would. I mm. thought the story was pretty good. I think the story was the main thing, wasn't it? Wonder that, that surprised me about Wonder Woman it was the story. Yeah. It was a lot more powerful and strong than I thought it was going to be. And similar to this, I, I mean, the story is nowhere near as strong as Wonder Woman in Aquaman, but it's because Aquaman's not a strong, independent woman. Well, no. <laughs> I mean, I'll let you say that rather than me. But uh, <laughs> yeah, just moving on from that, um, I think the thing about Aquaman is as well the visual effects are fantastic in this film. If there's one thing you go and watch it for, is the visual effects. And I think what someone actually said, didn't they? Uh, I don't know if it was a director of a different film, said it was a dis- not a disgrace, but said it was robbed that they didn't get an Oscar nomination. Oh, really? What, for um, special effects? For visual effects, because I visual effects are... I wish disgrace. Who is it? Kevin Keegan? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I, they might have said it's a disgrace. They used some word like that, basically saying it's a joke, really, and it shows how pretentious, I suppose, the Oscars can be. That, you know, just because it's a superhero film, it doesn't get any recognition, where the visual effects were fantastic, to mm-hmm. be fair. That's one of the strong points of the film, the visual effects. And the sound effects as well, but uh, yeah, I enjoyed it, and I'm glad to see it's done well. I think it deserves it. So, well, hopefully. nice to see DC have a hit. I suppose. Yeah. I mean, maybe critically, it could have been stronger, but it's been a hit sales-wise. So, well, I was going to say, it's hopefully, good. this will obviously kickstart the DC universe in a more positive light. Because obviously, yeah. I, I, I didn't enjoy Batman v Superman. Very disappointed. No, I th- and then you look at Suicide Squad. I thought that was pretty garbage as well. To be honest, I. Yeah, I didn't mind Suicide Squad, but it was definitely on the lower end. I think we all thought that was going to be so, better than it was. Yeah, yeah, it was. It was okay, but I didn't like it. Know. I didn't like it. And then you look at like, well, Man of Steel basically kicked it off, and I know that split fan base. Yeah, didn't split it? I didn't actually mm. mind it personally. I thought Man of Steel was all right, but it was much better than Batman and Superman. Yeah, it was better than Batman. If you compare, it was miles better than that. But, uh, I'd actually say the best DC film so far has probably been Wonder Woman. Yeah, which I'd, is, I'd, I'd go along with that. The story yeah. was—I uh, think it was how 
grounded the story was as well. I think that's yeah. what surprised me about Wonder Woman. It was actually, you think, like, how on earth can make a good story about Wonder Woman in terms of, like, well, you know, like the pat. It's like, I think Matty might have alluded to this last podcast about it's hard to make good stories with DC characters because of how overpowered they are. Mm-hmm. You know, it's hard to make it realistic. Even with Aquaman, at times, it's like, well, this is ridiculous well, how much power he's got of the sea and stuff with his trident. And it's like, this, how can you make this Do you know realistic? what I think the but... difference is? These films are starting off at a point where these pa- these characters aren't as, powered, uh, as powerful as they will be. And no, ultimately, they're still that's more vulnerable. Mm. And obviously, they're yeah, just because... learning things as they go, which makes it more intriguing, I think. Well, yeah, because with the Wonder Woman film and the Aquaman film, they've done it from the point where they're not that powerful, haven't they, to start with? Mm-hmm, exactly. And I, they've built them up, so it makes sense. I also enjoyed like Chris Chris Pine in it as well. I thought he played off Gal Gadot mm-hmm. pretty well. As a oh, yeah, definitely. That, that relationship was... They were actually really good together. Yeah, they were. That relationship worked well. It worked. So, yeah, definitely. Definitely. Well, yeah. we'll leave that on a positive note then and... Give DC some love for a change with the universe. Yeah, they don't get films. much love these days, so no, let's give them a little bit of love. It's a step in the right direction for them, though, and I think we can all agree that if they keep going in the direction that they are, with you saying that Aquaman's definitely on a on an yeah, upward yeah. wave for them. Yeah, then, I think so. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I was preparing their coffin, but you know, I might have to put that on hold. Yeah, yeah, like, I'll, I'll, I'll just uh, I'll take I'll, it. yeah, I'll, I'll sand out <laughs> I'll sand out DC and just replace it with Destiny. <laughs> that's a good point actually you could do that yeah, yeah I mean you definitely could <laughs> anyway yeah as I said we'll leave it there guys so where can people find you on the social media Sud uh, well for me it's just twitter at david 10 spud lovely stuff how about you perks I mean you can you can come for me on twitter at, at jg perks but you won't get a response so you know you're not. Tweet away. You're not plugging at corpse this week. <laughs> no, Corp, corpse is. He's got enough is retired. No, yeah, yeah. He's got, <laughs> got enough followers, and, and and too many people were being directed to him. So yeah, at me, and don't expect a response. Okay, that sounds that sounds fair enough. How about you, Matty? Where can people find you? Uh, Matty Cheatham on Twitter and Instagram. So. If Brenda's listening and she's pissed <laughs> off about a credit card bill, then... or Brian, <laughs> yeah, or Brian, <laughs> direct your complaints to me instead of Epic. Yeah, I'll, I can. I'll be able to deal with them for you. Yeah, five pound per complaint, though. Yeah, my, the, the, <laughs> reasonable the, fit. Yeah, the hourly rate is two quid an hour. Uh, two quid a minute. Sorry. <laughs> two quid an hour. Actually, no, two quid a second. <laughs> <laughs> Two quid an hour, that's a lot under minimum wage. <laughs> Putting yourself out of business yeah, on day one. Yeah, I'm doing a bungee. Yeah. <laughs> oh, uh, excellent. Well, um, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at leld, L-E-L-3-Ds, add a nine on the end for Instagram. You can also find Checkpoint Reached on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at check reach pod and we're also on youtube checkpoint reach podcast if you're listening to us on youtube give us a like and uh ring the bell and also share us please because that's also a very handy thing to do for the podcast anyway i think that's it we're all off to get some food so yeah have a good week guys bye see you guys bye Thank you.